Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is up? Welcome to Off the Bench. Danny Cannell and Raja Bell hanging out today on a Wednesday. A yep. uh, ton of stuff we got to get to. I got a great story from Major League Baseball. Tease it a little bit. Uh, I know you don't love talking baseball, but I think you'll actually like this one. Okay. We're on Le'Veon Bell watch. Yeah. Does he show up for practice today? That's what everybody's wondering. Like, there are guaranteed, there are reporters camped out, phones in hand, ready to be the first guy to tweet out Le'Veon is in the building. Or is he not? And what time does he get there? Like, that will be what happens. You get a bonus for that if you're a reporter? I don't know. Probably you get yeah. a bunch of retweets. But we got to start it off with some tennis. U.S. Open, I think. Have you ever been to the U.S. Open? No, but first, before you go, yeah. like uh, Hannah was really gangster navigating the Schmidnikovas and the Plishnikovas <laughs> yes. and all of that. They're like, not that was, easy. They're, they're not. not easy to do those, uh, especially when you're uh, on live television. It's really hard to do. But Serena Williams, know who should beat? Uh, go on. <laughs> I was looking at who she plays next. She plays Anastasia Sevastova. I yeah. worked on that one, so I was kind of distracted on who she beat. Yeah. Uh, she beat another Stova. Like, Stova. I think it was yeah, like, kind of how route. it goes. Yeah. Um, but it is pretty amazing. So she reached the semis. Her career has been well documented. We've talked about her here on somewhat. I was speculating, like, how is she going to be after she's a mom? Um, and not only from a getting back into shape standpoint, but priorities. Like, how do you, how do you, your life changes dramatically. Yeah. yeah. How do you do that? Obviously, it hasn't affected her that much. She still doesn't have the major win. I said she wouldn't get it about six months ago. I'm starting yeah. to backtrack on that. I think it's only a matter of time before she does it. She's still going strong. I don't see an end in sight for her. She's still playing at the peak of her game, and good for her. She said last night she still loves the game. It's tennis. Loves it. Yeah, she's an absolute machine. Like, um, she has, but you could see the balance at a whack a bit, right? Because her results have been up and down prior to coming into the U.S. Open. Like, if she was getting bounced early in a few tournaments, that's just rare for her. Not that it's impossible, but you never really heard of that before. And that speaks to kind of the consistency um, of your ability to be locked in and family affects that. Like, we talked about that. Like, the U.S. Open, there's no doubt that she'd be laser focused for that like that's one of her favorite events and they're in flushing like she she loves to play there so it's going to be easier for her to get up and be ready to play in those the question and i think the litmus test for like you know whether your priorities have shifted a bit is the other events the ones that aren't the majors the ones that you might not want to go play in but for sponsorship reasons or qualification reasons you got to go play in like how do you how do you uh play in those right that that's the test of of if you're locked in or not to me. She's 36 years old. She's still playing at the top of her game. I think she's going to get back to that major. I We're talking about, we're seeing Brady play till he's 41. We're seeing Drew Brees yeah. at 40. We're seeing them talk about wanting to play their 45. LeBron's doing things that we've seen for a long time. He's playing at the top tier of his career at an older age. It's just becoming the new normal, whether it's nutrition, whether it's the workout strategies, the medical care they're giving themselves. Athletes today are able to extend their careers and it's great because you're getting to see the greatest of all time in their respective sports continue. And I think we're going to see that trend continue with Serena Williams, which is great. This is awesome. And tennis needs it because if when she goes away, especially on the women's side of the game, they need somebody from the American side to, to take that torch from her. And when it looks right now, yeah, you have that person. You don't, you don't, I mean, there, there are, yeah, I mean, in terms of like a star star, there's a kind of void there in, in women's tennis. There are a lot of girls that are, or women that are, that are fighting for that, uh, 
that uh that number one number two spot in yeah. the world, but none of them have that star quality. Um, the men's game too is going to suffer when absolutely. You, I mean, American have, tennis is not where it was twenty years ago, or even ten years right. ago when you had Andy Roddick. Like you, at least you had some sort of superstar, and there's just not one out there now. So it'll be something to, interesting to see. Watch out if hopefully there's some somebody young coming up. Pipeline great for the sport. Yeah. Uh, I was watching Hard Knocks last night. The last episode is always really hard for me. It really is because it's everyone it puts, gets cut. Yes, you got this <laughs> cut, and you get emotionally attached to all of these dudes. Devin Kajus, the kid out of Stanford. Yeah. Uh, you had Roback, the quarterback. He gets canned. Carl Nassib, that was a surprise when the defensive end. He gets canned. Uh, you had all these guys that they were featuring on the show that you're hoping. There's a good ending. There wasn't one good ending. Mm. All the guys they chose to feature and you get emotionally tied to, every single one of them got axed. So I'm watching it, and then at the end of the show, Hugh Jackson calls in Baker Mayfield and Tyra Taylor and says, all right, I'm going with my starter. I think the Browns are in a really good situation at the backup quarterback. Some other teams, not so sure yeah. about. And this yeah. is where it gets really dicey, especially when we're talking about some of these quarterbacks getting up there in age. Eli, man, uh, the Giants made a surprise cut. I don't think anybody saw this one coming. Davis Webb, who was a draft pick not that long ago. Right. He was supposed to be the heir apparent. He was a third round draft pick. Was he an NC State kid? Where uh, no, he was Cal. Cal? Cal. So he gets, he gets axed and everybody's like, whoa, what does this mean? So they're going with Kyle Laletta. He was a fourth round pick out of Richmond. Yeah. You and everybody else yep. are like, who? Mm-hmm. Who the heck is that? <laughs> he was, uh, kind of a name that started cropping up at the, at the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. Some of the draft processes, people liked him playing at FCS school. And now it's kind of – the NFL is such a copycat league. You see teams that they found Jimmy Garoppolo right. in FCS, you know, and found other guys, Tony Romo, so everybody's trying to find their guy. Especially scouts like to be heroes. They right. want to find sure. – have the eye for talent. I can find the diamond in the rough. I think it's a little bit risky, although Eli has been the picture of – Consistency, like he's he's physical durability is really maybe one of the most impressive aspects in his career. You yeah. and his brother was the same way because they protect themselves. Like if there's a rush coming, they just <laughs> they go down. Yeah. And you see a lot of times Eli does the the chuck it and duck, right? Which hey, if it protects you and allows you to stay upright in that pocket for 15 years, then more power to you. But it is, I think it teams get cute because they assume their quarterback's going to be okay, and you can put in a really be put in a really precarious position and it could even derail your season if you find yourself without a good backup. Uh yeah, that that look, at any when any star is aging in whatever sport, you you have to have that exit strategy from said star. You've got to have a plan in place. And I thought to some degree the Giants like I, I know Saquon is is gangster, but this was the year for me where you go out in a quarterback rich draft and you got all of these guys, some of them even projects. So if you like the guy and you still have Eli, that, that buys you even more time, a la Brett Favre, kind of Aaron Rodgers, where you could have really brought him in, really groomed him under a really good pro, and then had yourself a viable guy going forward. So I thought, even though I liked the Saquon pick in terms of what he brings to their team, I felt like this was the draft where they made the investment in his backup quarterback. And then it begs the question, what what is the plan right. uh, for, for Eli? Because... I mean, even if you think he's the guy for this year and next year, you, you you wouldn't be worth your salt as a GM if you really saw Eli being the guy for much longer after that, would you? Right. No, no, because and well, 
He's getting up there in age. I think you do have to start. I don't think it's a necessity this year to have that plan in place. They say there's a plan. I think Kyle Lillette is the flyer like you see how he does. If he's forced into action as a rookie, they're screwed. Like It's just just the way it is. They've got Alex Tanney. I don't even know who that is. He's their third stringer. Zero starts. 30 years old. I'm like, how the heck does this guy survive that long? Uh, you know who too, I think did a fantastic job? The Saints. Right. Like the Saints making the move to bring in Teddy Bridgewater, that was a genius move. And nobody saw it coming. And that was a heads up move because you got Breeze getting older. You've got a playoff caliber team that's going to make a Super Bowl push. They have a really good insurance policy and no one wants to talk about it. And it's always one of those things like you hate paying for insurance. You hate paying for insurance. And all of a sudden you realize you need it. And you're like, thank goodness I've been paying all these, pre- you know, uh, down payments and sure. paying these, uh, premiums for that yeah. because you'll need it at some time. Brady, 41, they've got Brian Hoyer. That's a good, safe backup option they've got there. The Steelers, they had Landry Jones, moved on from him. They go with a younger version of Mason Rudolph. It's, a pretty good option to have. Like, you still don't know what Mason Rudolph is. He's a rookie. You would never want to see him forced in action. Right. But he was a third round pick. They took a swing. They took yeah, a swing at the future there. And maybe he's, he's that diamond in the rough. Let me, let me ask you, you just talked about. Actually, Josh Dobbs beat him out for the number two job. So you still have a younger, unknown quarterback if, if Ben got hurt. New England, um, who'd you say they have that's a backup? Uh, Brian Hoyer, who's. I know Brian yeah, Hoyer. Yeah, yeah the so Cleveland he guy. Yeah, he's with the Browns, and then he went to the Texans, and then. Hard Knocks guy, I think. I think he might have been something. Oh, with the Texans. When the Texans, right. Um, still not a like a succession plan. Not a plan for the inevitability of Brady not playing anymore, right? That was Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. You know what I mean? Like, to some degree, that was the uh, Jacoby Brissett. Like, those were viable backups when the time is right. Yeah. Right? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't see Brian Hoyer as that guy. So that's another team that has a need. A, they need a better plan if, right. I'm, if I'm the GM there. For sure, no doubt about it. And backup quarterbacks now are getting expensive too. Uh, when you look at some of the costs that are out there, uh, I want to do my power rankings. All right, so I talked to Coca, our producer, about this. I was like, "Hey, let's do something. We got to yeah. do every Wednesday, so we're gonna have." Uh, he came up with his name. Okay, so I'm gonna throw him another. If you if you hate it, you know, blame him. I hate it. Love so. it, then you can love my list. So we're okay. gonna call it the Terrible Ten. Danny's Terrible Ten. <laughs> to me, it sounds like instantly, it's like, all right, are these the worst teams in football? But then you're like, ooh, the intimidating. Like, is it the terrible? Like, we need some graphic where they're like, this this monster. Yes. Like, at you. All right, you tell me. I want to hear your reaction. Who's too high and who's too low? Eagles coming in at number one, defending Super Bowl champs. Can't knock them down. Without that, they've actually added to the defense, bringing in uh, Michael Bennett, some other yeah. pieces of the puzzle there. I know we're not getting Carson Wentz for a few weeks, but I think they're going to be okay. Patriots, too. Don't ever fade those good dudes, uh, Belichick and Brady, as long as they're there. Steelers, all that offensive weaponry. I think you're going to see Le'Veon Bell in there today. The Vikings with Kirk Cousins. Bam! They're upgraded at quarterback after going 13-3. Uh, and three. Falcons. Yep. My squad with Matt Ryan, Steve Sarkeesian, year two. Saints, look at all the things. The NFC teams are kind of what pop out at you because yep. there's so much depth in that conference. The Jaguars, no one else has the Jags this high. I think it's the Blake Bortles effect. They just don't like them. They're still that defense is young and as talented as get. They got rid of Allen Robinson. Receiver could be an issue for them, but they got Leonard Fournette. They'll be able to run the football in a dominant defense. Rams are a trendy pick. Everybody with those offseason moves uh, finally getting Aaron Donald shored up. Uh, get Peters and Talib in the secondary. Packers, you got Aaron Rodgers. You got to give him a chance. Yes, of course. And then finishing off with the Panthers, Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton getting North Turner. I think that could be a huge help to him offensively. If Cam Newton drives me nuts, like he is so physically gifted, 
he could be the LeBron James of the NFL if he would just like just give some effort in the offseason. Yeah. Maybe he's done that. Maybe he's kind of taken that next step offensively. So I don't. Love who do I don't hate your list. Um, <clears throat> I don't like the pa- Panthers at ten. I think they're going to be better than that because I. Oh, think, you think they're going to be better? I do. Um, and I don't like the Vikings at four because I think they're going to be worse than that. I know a lot of people like the Vikings, but I'm not a Kirk Cousins dude. Like the same way you are. Like for different reasons. Like, but I'm like the way you are with Cam. I'm kind of like that with Kurt. Like Kurt, you got to show me. I get that you did what you did in Washington and nobody yeah. believed in you and it was like me against the whole organization and you captured like that, but I, I, I want to see you do it with the roster and with the expectations on you and I don't, I don't buy it yet. Wait so. till you see Dalvin Cook coming out of the backfield healthy. He's a bad after, boy. After his ACL deal. Vegas would agree with me as far as who's going to be a better team. I, I didn't ask. <laughs> Vegas, Vegas win with. total for the Vikings. Yeah. Ten and a half. Here's what's interesting. They might not have as good of a record as they had last year with 13 and 3 but they might be a better team. Yeah. I think they'll definitely be better offensively. Right. I like Cousins better than Keenum. Um but you might even judge that about how to how like cuz they could go 10 and 6 and still get to the Super Bowl. Right. And then you're like, "Hey, who cares about the regular season record? They're the third best uh odds to get to the Super Bowl, 10 to 1. The win total for the Panthers, I'm going to tell you why it's it's lower, significantly lower, is 8 and a half. Their division is the toughest division in all of football. When you think about the Falcons I had on there, the Saints had, then they're, they're all in that division. Yeah. It's brutal. The that the they're going to have to go through. That's why they're going to be battle tested. Although and they're going to be what just got sharpened what, for the playoffs. What just got significantly <laughs> tougher though is the Vikings division with Khalil Mack coming over to the Chicago Bears. Yeah. So they're going to have, let me those. give you my worst teams. You gave me your best team. All right. I just it? jotted them down real quick. All right. I didn't, no graphics. So, none of that. Rajah's terrible. This is my actually terrible, actually terrible. terrible. I got the Dolphins. Yeah. The Bills. In no particular order. I just pick up. <laughs> All right. Just um, trash team. Bucks. The Colts. Why are you, sleep? Why are you going on the Bucks like that? James yeah. is a huge James is suspended. That's like, only three games. He'll come be on. Back. He'll be uh, back. The Cardinals. The Jets. Um, and then I, that was nine, right? Okay. Here's the theme, though, yeah. that I think is why I think the Patriots at 11 and a half wins are the easiest over. Take the over it's on a lot the of window. AFC. All the whole division is trash. You gave me the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins, and I totally agree with you. That's the rest of the AFC East. It's insane. The Dolphins are the most frustrating franchise, and I don't think it gets talked enough about because I think people are like, well, they still get to live in Miami. Like, yeah, but yeah. like if you're in Cleveland and you're bad, it's like, Ugh. if you're Buffalo and those you're bad, you're like, Ugh. Yeah. so it's kind of fun to like pick on those teams, but the Dolphins don't get talked enough about how atrocious they've been. Yeah. It's they, been it, awful. It's been really bad. And I, I like, I was talking about, I, my, my son has a friend whose dad works for the Dolphins. And I was talking to his wife the other day and, you know, she was kind of talking about the regime there and so on and so forth. And I, I kind of asked the question. I felt bad after I asked this, like, how much time do they get? Like, yeah. there's been no real, it's been like, I need to get my guys in here. Every year it's a different theme for the Dolphins. Yes. Right. And we talk about kind of like driving culture and what you look. So pick a theme when you come in. Start to establish that theme early. There's a really small window to kind of affect change when affect change when you first get a job. But then you can't be like getting away from that theme in year two because it didn't work. You have to stay on on your track, right? Stay on your path. And the Dolphins are all over the damn map. Um, and it leads to inconsistency, and you can never really get it right. Yeah. Uh, Vegas has the Dolphins' win total set at six and a half. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the under on that one, although I would not want to take it. Uh, I just, I'm a Dolphins fan. I grew up down here. No, I love Dan Marino. I love – I'm not. organization. You're not? I don't know why. I mean, I don't hate them. Like them. I don't hate them. Down I just, here? No, yeah, I did, but I, I like – They're I, hard to root for. Yeah. They are because they've been so bad. Cardinals, Bills, and Browns, according to Vegas, in for the lo- uh, longest season. Don't 
I'm telling you, take the Browns What's, over what? five and a half. Five AFC half. West. What do you think of the AFC West? Uh, the AFC West wide open right now. You got a lot of uh, of young talent there. You got the Chiefs coming in with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Could be interesting. You got the Raiders with Gruden taking over. Like this one, this division to me, completely up in the air. Broncos. That that division might be one of the most open divisions that's out there. Yeah, you think the Broncos can be any good? Uh, they got to be better than last year. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. gonna be some people on the hot seat. All right, we got to move on. I got to get. Uh, so I went in, gave you my terrible ten. I got to go in on the AP top twenty-five because it drives me nuts. The college football AP top twenty-five is the laziest, dumbest thing. I've They're supposed seen. to do it and your way, where they don't get yes. anybody. They don't yes. let anybody in until you play do it somebody. My way. Do it my way. That is the right way. I'll give you my top eight because there should be eight teams in the playoffs. Uh, coming up next on Off the Bench. Alright, I hate the top 25 when it comes out. The AP puts theirs out every yeah. Tuesday, Mondays a lot of times, but because of the Labor Day night game, because it does influence the playoffs. It, it influences the way people perceive teams, right. the committee perceives teams. I don't even think there should be a top 25 until five, six weeks into the season, because you have no idea the value of these wins that we've seen unfold. Totally. I'll give you an example. I don't really have any problem. Like, I'm not going to be like, Alabama deserves to be one, Clemson deserves to be two, Georgia has to be three. Like, I have zero problem with those. The problem I have is when you get a little bit deeper past the top ten, and that's the back end. And having been a voter in these, I know how it goes. Because you do your top ten, you focus a little bit more on them, and then the back end, you just start throwing out teams. Right. You don't want to do the research. Right. I get it. There's people that are busy. They have a lot of things to do. But when you have LSU jump 14 spots, because they beat Miami, and no offense to Miami, how do we know Miami's going to be any good this year? Like, it looked like a good win, and congrats to, to LSU. They should be in the top 25, but moving them 14 spots because they beat Miami on yeah. a neutral site, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me, and yeah. it's a complete overreaction. And it happens every year where you, somebody gets an early win that you think is quality, and then by the end of the season, you wind up not being that much of a quality win. But it's still graded as such because, it was a top 25 team when you beat them. Right, right? but that's yeah. stupid. And they'll Correct. tout that all year long. Like, they'll say, hey, well, we beat a top 10 team. You're going to see um, the, all the SEC you know what? say that coming out. Like, that, Auburn will say, we beat Washington. They'll they'll hang their hat on that all season long. It doesn't uh, make a lot of sense. No. I grant you that. But neither does fair. this top eight that you have here where well, you're not going to let somebody in the damn top eight on, until they play somebody. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got one more before, just so I'm fair. Virginia Tech ranked 12th now because they beat Florida State. Like, Florida State was a 7-6 and six team last year. Yeah. Yes, it was a dominant performance, but why does that reward them to by moving them all the way to 12th? It makes oh, I agree. zero sense to me. By the way, South Carolina and Florida coming at 12, uh, 24 and 25, that is garbage because Northwestern was a 10-win team last year. They beat a conference opponent, Purdue, on the road in week one. They're still unranked. Tell me there's not favoritism out there. All right, you want to see what – You think Northwestern could be Florida? You think yes, they beat, head to head, right absolutely. now you think they beat them? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would, they would, Vegas would probably have it pretty even, mm-hmm. but they should be fair. You don't think so? <laughs> you're crazy. So you're doing that thing where people I'm don't, doing, they look at Northwestern ooh, and like, ah, oh, a bunch of nerds up there. No, 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 I'm not doing that. Uh-uh. You're they doing, you did that they for me. I didn't do that. And why would they, I what have we that. seen from the Gators other than smashing some crap opponent? Like, what have we seen from the Gators that they're better than Northwestern? Uh, you want me to break down the X's and O's or you just, <laughs> you want me to go <laughs> like, <laughs> if you want to really see a poll that matters, hey, look. let's get my top eight up there. <laughs> Throw up the top eight because this is the one that matters right here. I don't know why it's so hard to understand. So this is according to what we've seen on the field already. It's absolutely right. This is give Notre Dame at number three in the country. They had who? What was one of the most impressive wins? They actually beat Michigan. Who was a who was Michigan? Wait, now you're saying listen, Michigan. Michigan The same argument that you just made for for like Virginia Tech and LSU not being 
those not being potentially quality wins. I'll make the same argument with Notre Dame. Who the hell is Michigan? Michigan was they got 18, one of the most overrated 18, coaches in the country. They've never finished better than third in their damn division in the in the Big Ten. Not a quality win. you got to kick Notre Dame out of the top ten. By your own standards, by Notre all, Dame has to be kicked out. But So this is judged on week one wins. Which ones were more impressive? So that's why I don't have Georgia on there. I don't have Ohio State because they played cupcakes. So I wanted to go the top ten wins of the weekend were these. And there's, there aren't that many great games. That's why people are like, Maryland, you think they're six? I don't think they're When you have Virginia Tech team. and LSU in there, so I got to right. so right like there. to argue with you. Yeah, yeah see that? Like, I think it makes sense. Maryland, like, I don't think they're the seventh best team in the country. But what we saw from them beating Texas, I think that was one of the more so, impressive wins of the season. Hanging 77 on the board does nothing for you? Oregon State was trash. They were one of the worst teams in all of college football for the last three or four years. They could years. wind up being better than Michigan, Miami, and Florida State. You don't know. Right, exactly. You don't know. We don't know. So why do this don't in know. week one? That's why I'm that's just why fading rankings, your whole. That's like, why bro. rankings are dumb. <laughs> you do make sense. I do them just to get a lot of retweets. <laughs> that's you. why I, I put them out there. That's why. There we go. We're at the bottom of yeah, it now. Exactly. We're there. Same reason they put out the AP top 25 so they get people to talk <laughs> about it. Like, I don't mind that list. I don't mind the list. Uh, speaking of Texas. Yeah. They got, they went to Maryland. Really, it was a, Maryland whooped them last year, week one, physically. Maryland, is dealing with something where they lost a player. They were playing, they are playing for something bigger than the sport, which I think the entire country was rooting for Maryland because of what those guys have been through. Texas, unfortunately, is on the wrong side of that. Yeah. They get beat and Tom Herman has a problem on his hands. If you don't have a quarterback, you are going to find yourself on a hot seat. And that's where Tom Herman is right now with Texas. I do appreciate the fact because he's gone back and forth with Sam Elliger and Shane Bouchelle. He hasn't told which one's going to be the starter. He actually reaffirmed his commitment to Ellinger. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, this is our quarterback. We're not going to make a switch, which I think is a move in the right direction. Because I talked to him last year. Uh, I was doing a radio interview, and he's like, hey, quarterback's the same as any other position. We have to battle for it every week. It's not the same. We've talked about that a couple times. Another team I think has a problem on their hands at quarterback is your Miami No, Hurricane. I was going to ask you. Because Malik Rozier – I think he he wants to go by Rozier, right? Rozier, I, I guess. I think he officially came out and this said, "Like Tyrod, Tyrod, Rozier." Listen, you want to be called Rozier? Play like a Rozier. <laughs> so Malik, uh, I think Mark Rick needs to make a change. Now he said he's not going to, right. but they had Nikozi Perry who was suspended in Week One. I think it might have been a blessing in disguise that he didn't have to play against LSU, so you can kind of start easing him in, giving some some reps yep. when they get into their easier part of their schedule, but. Malik Rogier is not the answer, I don't think. And I hate throwing quarterbacks under the bus, but he just has continued to struggle playing this, the position. This guy got a pretty good sample size now. Um and even in a lot of the wins last year, they were escaping by like the skin of their teeth, man. Like he was he misses a lot of wide open targets, man. And I don't look, I don't pretend to know the X's and O's are playing the position, but I know when a guy's open and you can hit him with the ball in stride, like you can make a big play. And although there were some heroics at the end of games last year and he was you know, I loved him for that. You didn't need to be in that position if you had hit some open receivers and some open plays earlier in the game. There was no need to be there. So I'm with you, dude. Like, I I don't like to be one of those guys that panics and says, oh, get him out. Like, I don't like right. to do that. But I've, I've, I've seen been enough. There, I've seen enough, enough now. Yeah. The last four games for Rozier, 55 of 124. That's a 44% completion rate. Four touchdowns and seven interceptions. Yep. Now those are good competition, but those stats are not enough to keep your job. There's, I mean, it's, it's just it's a brutal start. Speaking of, I looked down. I had to get this stat from a buddy of mine. He's a huge Hurricane fan. This is one of the types of things that you happen when fan bases start to panic. 
Question, do you think Mark Richt is a good offensive coach in this era? <laughs> like, how quickly, what happened to Miami being back and Mark Richt's recruiting everybody and this team is headed in the right direction? People are jumping off ship way too early. How much of a quarterback's struggles or inability to do certain things uh, plays into what a coach will call for him? Like, let's say Mark Richt sees his quarterback situation. Rozier is clearly, or Rozier is, is, more ready than Nikosi Perry. Right. But he's got these glaring deficiencies in his game. How much does that affect how how much you can absolutely. do as an OC? It's, absolutely it's gonna affect him. He's gonna be they're gonna be nervous. Like and it's the same way as playing sports. If you're a coach, you can't play restrained. Like, oh I'd love to call this play, but I don't know if I trust my guy to right. protect the football. You can't be in that spot. Uh but I do eventually I think the the Hurricanes are gonna make a switch. And sometimes, like you said, we've seen enough and maybe you're scared. Maybe the guy's not as strong in practice because he couldn't win that job. But some guys are gamers. Some guys yeah, put him out in the field, and maybe you'll see a completely different quarter. That used to drive me nuts. It was so bad. I was not a good practicer because I hated practice. Right. Especially football. Like, I like practicing basketball because you go out there and scrimmage. Sure. I hated practicing football. Coach Bowden called me into his office, and he was like, look, you got to get better at practice, son. Like, he's like, if yeah. you don't, you're not going to hang on to your job. And I was like, well, I played well in the games. He's like, it doesn't matter. you got to practice like it's a game. And I had to almost trick myself into being like setting little competition in my head. Like, Hey, can I complete 10 in a row? Yeah. Can I, can I score on our defense? Can I do these types of things? Because you've got to get to that position where you can practice well. Uh, it's a corny old saying, but you know, good practice makes for, um, you know, good play. On yeah. The but there are some guys that just can turn it on, man. And like, I feel like that's an old school mentality as a coach. I, I was a really good practice player because I just like practice, you know, and it was basketball. So I liked it, but. There were guys that would just kind of lunch all the way through practice, and then when the lights come on, they're ready to go. And in Miami's situation, I'm like this. You're not winning a national championship. You, you knew that coming into the season probably, right? Like right. you're not beating Alabama or Clemson or – I mean maybe Clemson, but you would have to aspire to be Clemson there in your conference. But you're probably not of the upper, upper echelon teams – but they like, were a favorite to win their division. Miami was. Start grooming the kid though. Yeah. Like get yeah. him, get him in, let him play, let him, let him start getting that experience. So like if your roster is relatively young and you're in place next year, that you're not now sitting there again with an inexperienced quarterback with no starts and we we're wondering what the quarterback looks like, you know? When you play Fortnite, do you live stream it? No, 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 no. no, no, no. It's a good thing. No, no, you gotta no. watch what you say. <laughs> Roger might have a problem with that one. Nah, nah, nah. We got a great story. It happened in baseball. You're not gonna believe what a dude call, uh, said about his manager. That's coming up next on Off the Bench. Alright, welcome back, uh, to Off the Bench. Let's do some moving the line. So we gotta go over some Vegas, uh, odds here. These are NFL playoff props. Alright. I like, the, I like some of these. I don't like taking bets before the season where you have to wait for the whole season to unfold. I just like instant gratification. Like, I want to know, is my team going to win now? But sometimes waiting, being patient, it can pay off. Let's start with the Cowboys. Their playoff prop, in order for the Cowboys to make the playoffs, if you say yes, they do, it plays plus plus 160. Okay, so I bet 100, make 160 bucks. Exactly. All right. You could fade them. They're they're pictured, their favors not to make the playoffs. Okay. The Cowboys make the playoffs or not. I'm gonna say yes. Whoa! Yeah. Taking the value, you think there's some yeah. good value there with yeah, the Cowboys plan. Little bounce back. So here's the, here's where I would say don't waste your money on that one. Because they play in the, uh, NFC. So it's the conference is stacked. Mm-hmm. Because they're looking up at the Eagles, defending Super Bowl champs, I think that, that division's gonna be tough. The Giants, well, the Giants are gonna be better than the Cowboys this year. I just don't think they're gonna be good enough to get a wild card spot. So I would say no. Okay. Made the Cowboys. Made Plus, the Cowboys. it's a huge, no Des Bryant, 
Um, uh, no Jason Witten. Yeah, that receiving core is like, like yeah. who? They have nobody out there. I can, they drafted to it, but it's some young ones. Cole, Cole Beasley. Yeah, rapping Cole Beasley. Yeah. yeah. He's out okay. there. I just, <laughs> Dak Prescott, it's, it's a, a lot of pressure on him this year. I would actually say no, don't make him, but you like some value there. All right. Falcons. Yes. Minus 160 to make the playoffs. Yes, yes you're on board with that. I am 100% on board uh, with that one as well. I think Matt Ryan is primed for an MVP season like he had just yep. a couple years ago. And he better because Steve Sarkeesian, if he doesn't, you're probably looking at a new offensive coordinator and starting over with that offense. But the Falcons, I think even though they play in that tough division, I think they're going to see two teams from that division uh, the NFC South get to the playoffs. I think the Falcons are going to be one of them. It's it's really tricky, though. So you say all three of those. The Saints, Falcons, uh, and Panthers, like one of those teams probably going to get left out. Yeah. It's really hard to pick which one, but I would put money on the Falcons to do it. How about the Packers? This one to me was surprising, and there's a whole lot of faith in Aaron Rodgers because offensively I know they brought in uh, your boy from Miami, G. Jimmy G, yep. uh, 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 to go play tight end there for placing Jordy Nelson. But I just don't see the roster talented enough. They're minus 180 to make the playoffs. That's a little bit surprised. That's a little bit too rich for what I would look at a team that really struggles when Aaron's not out there. And how do we know? Like Aaron's had some injury. That's the thing. Recently, you're like one. You just like got the brittle check. shoulder away from. Uh, Although you know what? I've said this a lot about him. Like he him. is the difference maker. Like he does. He can make everybody around him better if he's healthy. I'm taking him. Yeah. I gotta say that. I gotta, I gotta take it too. Oh, here we go. Everybody, speaking of Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers plus 180. Okay. Make the playoffs. Great value on that. If you said no, they won't, you get minus 220. So most people are saying they don't make the playoffs. I would agree with the no's. I would say they don't make the playoffs. Would you see any value in taking the 49ers at plus 180? I don't know their schedule that well. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, but I would, so Jim I don't, I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo. Look, dude, I, just going off of like my common sense, and this has nothing to do with the football. There's just going to be at Vikings going to be a rough one. Chiefs could be tough. You, you said the Chargers could. could the be Chargers, the, the team with I totally forgot. We were talking yeah. about the AFC West was the Chargers. I'm they are no. they are going to be strong. No, I think no too. It's yep. a lot to ask for a turnaround team. I know he had a great five games with them, but I still need to see a complete body I'm a of work. Size guy, bro. Again, the NFC, you're going to have to win your division, and it's going to go to the Rams. The Rams are the better team in that division, and those wild card spots are going to go to those teams from the NFC South or the NFC North, which right. all of a sudden looks a lot better. So I just don't see enough spots for the 49ers. Yeah, the 49ers will be improved. I just don't see them making a run all the way to the uh, to the playoffs. So uh, those are our playoff picks. All right, are, these gonna go, are they going to go on our like record? You want them to? Yeah, damn right. My, Boom. My record right. is like, well, yeah. We're Why don't we put the records up now, anymore? Because we, I, we I had first, a little chat with our people. You were three and one over pointless. the weekend. And so it's been pointless. You were three up to and the, one with our college picks correct. over the weekend. That was strong. I was two and two, so I'm right there. No, 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 right there. Not right there. <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's respectable. It's early. I'm still just treading water there. Uh, so yeah, we'll do those. We'll keep track of those. Make sure we mark them. Lock down. them in. All right. Let's see. How, let's bring Hannah in for uh, socially Ooh. relevant because there's some good stuff going out there on the uh, interweb. 
Oh, the interweb. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> All right, thanks for that one, guys. So as we know, Lakers legend Kobe Bryant has stayed busy in retirement, but apparently has some time in his schedule to help out an old friend. So according to reports, Kobe has offered to help train Shakir O'Neal, Shaq's son. So Shaq's ex-wife, Shawnee O'Neal, said on Monday that logistical issues are really the only reason that's stopping this from happening. She said, quote, Kobe, Kobe always offers we're just so far from each other. So, guys, they had one of the most famous beefs back in the day. How unlikely of a story is this? Uh, not that unlikely. I mean, Kobe probably has known Shakir for a long time. So, right, probably since he was a yeah, <laughs> right. So even if the dad's got a little beef, he's a he's a heck of a player too. I think he's committed to UCLA. Maybe um, that's dope. Look, Kobe, I got three boys. Like, <laughs> I know we I know we didn't see eye to eye either, but man, <laughs> by the way, your quotes were making the rounds. Were they of the interweb with like, the hoop type interview? Yeah, the hoop type interview was out there, and yeah. how much you hated Kobe, and that was I, the headline just during like, that time. Exactly, yeah, that's what I thought. Like people yeah. thought you were salty. I'm nah, like, no, uh-uh. you always talk nice. Yeah, nah, Kobe, Kobe. I, I like Kobe, I, but right. it was in that moment. Right, like, I really hated Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I don't think that should have been a surprise. Yeah, there, right? I was like, <laughs> All right, Roger, this next one is all you. So Padres outfielder turned third baseman Will Myers slipped up two weeks ago when he was caught on a stream on Fortnite. He seemingly didn't know he was on, and he was criticizing manager Andy Green for the way he's been pushing the team late in the season. So check this out. I'm going to read this quote kind of. I'm going to pretend I'm playing a video game. All right. All right. All right. Let's hear it. The Padres are doing the cutoff and relays tomorrow at 3 o'clock in September, dude. Oh, my God. It's so miserable, man. It's insane. <laughs> Andy could not be any worse than he is right now. <laughs> so he did apologize. Excellent. He said that he felt bad. But I have to say, the Padres have the worst record in the National League at 55 and 85. Can't we just let the guy play some video games? All right, hold on. I think we buried the lead right there because <laughs> Hannah's acting skills right there. What was, we need to, didn't you go to like some special school when you were growing up? Like you got to give me a little bit Art more school? effort on that one. No, yeah. no. I'm just saying. I was trying to sound. I didn't want to make him sound really bad, but I was saying like I was playing video games. I don't no, know. No, it was so. He, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I need a little dude. more, dude. He was totally like it was two two guys yeah. complaining about their boss, mm. and it happens all the time at work, and yet. The guy kind of saved him because he was trying to like get in. Like the guy was just raving. He's like, "Hey, uh, I'm I'm live streaming this." Yeah. First time he save. didn't hear him, so he kind of kept going in. Yeah. And then they started laughing, and I wish you know that feeling where your stomach just completely drops out. Yeah. Like you're like, "Oh like, crap!" What like happened? what? Yeah. How many people heard this? What's gonna happen? Yeah. Came out and felt awful. It could have been a lot worse. When it he sounded, he was kind of laughing when he was complaining about it. Yeah. But he's lucky. I think he's going to live here. I think he'll yeah, live. Yeah, when yeah. it rains, it pours, though. Like things when like, <laughs> it's just a bad situation there. Yeah. But generally speaking, like Fortnite, when my kids play now, you can play on your, like your mobile devices. So they're your iPads and phones and <clears throat> you have an open mic. So like you can hear everything that's going on on the other kids and when they're playing with their friends. So right. I can hear everything that's going on in the house. So my wife and I are in the car. And we're just running our mouths in the front seat. And we're talking. And, you know, like we're talking like, you know. About other kids? Uh, no, not kids. <laughs> but maybe about parents. Like just generally talking about situations. Like you're right. judging people doing what you do in the car. Exactly in private. And I, I hear something from behind me. And it's not one of my kids. And I snap back. And they're on. The, it's open mic. And so whoever's in that kid's house can hear every word I'm saying. And I may or may not have said something about <laughs> I was livid, man. I snatched up all of the devices. We <laughs> shut it down. And we had to have a talk about yeah. like, privacy. Exactly. Yeah. 2018. You can't be broadcasting everything uh, out there bro. in the world. You got to be careful. Can't right. be, you can't be judging people <laughs> no. anymore. What's Judge- I can be judging. I'm, ju- I'm a judgy judger. Judgerson. <laughs>
<laughs> Take your white wig off and stop judging. Right. All right, dudes, we're moving on to the next one. So that we all know NHL teams view Fortnite as a hazard, but now the keg stands are the new hazard. So you guys remember watching Alex Ovechkin do a Stanley Cup keg stand after helping the Caps win their first championship in franchise history, right? Well, this became a huge story. They did this everywhere we went, everywhere they went. And But now, according to reports, the NHL and its keepers of the cup have witnessed all these keg stands, and they have asked for everyone everywhere to stop doing them. So, guys, what? this isn't exactly the easiest group of people to keep down, right? No. Lord I, Stanley so offended. When we always use that term, Super Bowl hangover yeah. or championship hangover, literal. this is actually taking it to the nth extreme because yeah. they are literally still hungover from going out there. But I don't why do why do people make a big deal of something that's probably going to happen still going to happen anyway? Yeah. You're just bringing attention to it and that's what the NHL doesn't want. Like it's just going to make it worse for them. Your delicate sensibilities have been Some of these PR firms need to be fired yeah, like, over yourself. Yeah, exactly. Stop taking yourself too seriously. All right, guys, that's all for Socially Relevant. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canal and Bell. Coming up next, Danny and Raja break down today's leftovers. Stay with us. You're watching Off the Bench. All right, let's finish it off with some things we might have missed out on today's show. The Ryder Cup, right around the corner, September 28th. It's a fantastic event. It's my favorite because you see golfers in an individual sport all of a sudden start playing on a team, our country. You see them decked out in the red, white, and blue, playing in France this year. You know they're going to be playing in front of a crowd. It's it's just... It's a unique spot because yeah. normally it's all quiet, golf clap. Like that's fantastic. Like, and then the, like ha- fans are heckling them, start chanting. Like golfers are like talking. <laughs> yes, with yes. Other. I love it. So a big part of it is is who's going to make the team. So you've got your automatic qualifiers, uh, the eight automatic spots, and those are the top guys that earn their spot on there. Right. What gets really interesting is from a captain's perspective, mm-hmm. which Jim Furyk is, is who do you pick to be the next guys up? So he comes out, does the three captains picks: Tiger Woods, no surprise. Phil Mickelson and uh, your boy DeChambeau, who's got a couple back-to-back wins. Yep. There still is one spot left. Tony B now. I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's the easiest pick that Furyk will have to make. They're going to do it after this weekend's tournament. Some of the other guys they could do, and I actually hope they don't. It's not a knock against Matt Kuchar. Uh, Great dude, but like he's getting older. Put some young blood in there. Amen. B now has been... A ton of fun to watch. Xander Schauffele, Patrick Cantlay, Kevin Kisner, some other younger players that you could have in there. But Finau's had an incredible year. And it's like <laughs> the thing that sticks out for me is when he was running down the hill at the Masters and he almost and he, broke his ankle. Like came out of socket and he popped that bad boy back in. He became my go. favorite golfer because of that. Like a lot of dudes would have just hung it up and said, I'm not playing anymore. Yep. But I say put him in there. I think it could be a great mix for them. Um, you have a, you got like the all bomb squad there with like Dustin Johnson, oh gosh, Kepka, yeah. Tony P now. Yeah, Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed's got a little edge to him. Yeah. Jordan Spieth, Phil's getting up there a little bit. Uh, he's out there. He loves it. I love the Patriot. Like Phil on social media it's is actually, this whole side of him that nobody ever saw. Like he's I, on the high kicks, putting out these goofy pictures. I like him more now. Totally, than he's showing the corniness. Yeah, I like it. I like. I mean, that's. Corny stuff there, but I love it. It's, but I think yeah. he is a goof. I know that's like, a, <laughs> I like and getting the insight into who he really is because I was an anti Phil guy. Like I was Tiger guy. Well, I felt like I had to choose. You did like back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Were, the, I felt there like was a you Tiger were team. Tiger team Phil. Yeah, and, and now I feel like I, I I like Phil a little bit more. Yeah, I wish they still hated each other. Yeah, they're like better, too chummy now. They're gonna do that event. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving weekend yeah. where they go head to head for nine million bucks. I wish they were this general animosity there. Uh, we are on Le'Veon Bell watch. Uh, be there. As we come there, 
He will be there. I think, it's, I think it's only a matter of thing. I think the biggest shock, my jaw would hit the floor if he doesn't go there. Uh, you know who doesn't like Mike Tomlin? And it's uh, hard to not like him because he's had so much success. Uh, Terry Bradshaw. He has been all over Tomlin for a while now. Uh, his latest, so even in 2016, when, uh, he said he was a great cheerleader guy, but not a great head coach, just absolutely threw him under the bus, comes out again, uh, and actually called him out for firing offensive coordinator who's now on hard docks, uh, Todd Haley. Listen to some of these comments on 97.3 The Fan. Terry Bradshaw said, I played for a tough sucker. That first thing, whenever you hear an old guy say, I played when I played, I can't Do your old that. man voice, bro. <laughs> it sounds so old man voice. I played for a tough sucker, and I was afraid of him, and we played our ass off for him because we feared him. There you go. I don't see you at with this guy. He's chest bumping and all that. I'm the head of the corporation. I'm the CEO. I'm the chairman of the board. And I'm not delivering the good, which is championships. you got to face the criticism. I'm sorry, but he's not my kind of coach. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Um, Leave Tomlin alone. Harry Bradshaw, go home, man. Go, like, rub some icy hot on them joints and go sit in your, like, recliner and just go go away. Nobody cares. He is like, a major voice on Fox. It, nobody cares, man. You, like, you sound like an old curmudgeon. Beat it. There's a way to criticize people, and I think he does sound like an old curmudgeon in the way that he's doing it because, yes, the ja- uh, when the Jaguars went into your house and beat them, the Steelers had no business losing that game. Right. I think they did look forward to the fa- uh, Patriots, fake Patriots, uh, Patriots. So you should, you can criticize him, but the way he does it, and it's almost like there's something personal. It, there. That's what it's a level of personal like beef that yeah. makes it like go home for me, right? Like generally right. speaking, you're a Fox analyst, like it's your job to give opinion. But when you start taking it to the personal, like beat it, bro, go somewhere. Uh, Rick Patino has a new book out. Uh, it's called Patino. It hits stores, uh, it hit shelves Tuesday. He had a quote in there. I think his coaching career could be over. That's odd. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's kind of stating the obvious. <laughs> the Mariners. Uh, we heard a little bit about that brawl early in the yeah. show. And when I hear, a, when I, anytime I hear a clubhouse brawl, locker room brawl, I'm like, I guess the big deal is that we found out about it because it happens all the time. Yeah. I guess uh, the, well, the only thing like you want to know, I'm dying to know, is like, is it over a Fortnite game? Is it over a gambling loss? Is it over, is it over, a, over girl? a girl? Yeah, those are the good <laughs> that ones. That one's the ones those that kind of make ones. it a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, because it's probably not over something that happened on the baseball field. This was Although an, it was, was an, an error. error that happened on the field. Then it gets a little bit like, could it be something more divisive among the team? Yeah. Well, I think what are the, the Mariners are kind of like. They were right in the cusp yeah, of the playoff hunt and they kind of falling apart a little bit lately. I don't know, dude. Like, look, fight it out, get it over with. Ch- typically, fights on teams like they, they're in the moment, and then everybody's cool a day later. Your brother, you figure it. Out. I think we need more fights in the workplace. I think like let people get their tensions out. Like, yeah, teams, just work it out. Teams seem to move past it. I like that. I'll do it. Here. I like that idea. Coca, Coca, you and I tomorrow, bro. <laughs> <laughs>